Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey there, welcome back to episode number 21 of Slim and Satisfied. Today we're talking about how to PCOS proof your kitchen. If you've been diagnosed with PCOS and did a little research about this condition, there's a pretty good chance that you've heard that the best remedy for PCOS is a healthy eating plan. So much of the hormonal imbalance that women with PCOS experience, both from a fertility aspect and a metabolic aspect, meaning the way blood sugar, weight, and appetite are managed, can be improved through food and through good nutrition. And there's actually enough evidence, enough scientific evidence, meaning enough research studies to show that food is oftentimes more powerful than medications for healing PCOS. And since we all eat every day anyway, I say why not take advantage of the opportunity to make our diet as PCOS-proof as possible? And this, of course, starts in your kitchen. This is the topic of today's show. What I'm going to share with you is a step-by-step process to setting up your kitchen in a healthy way, in a way that will make eating for hormonal balance super easy and even fun. Things certainly don't have to be fancy, don't have to be complicated and elaborate to give you great results. Always, always remember that. Today's episode is all about getting your kitchen to be as PCOS-proof as possible, meaning after today's show, you're going to know exactly what are the foods that you need to purge out of your kitchen and then the ones that you need to stock up on and replenish to make sure that you can pull together a healthy meal and have healthy snacks on hand that will actively help you manage PCOS lose weight, and balance those hormones so that you don't have to deal with as many symptoms or as intense of a symptom with PCOS. So things like acne, cravings, as well as mood swings, these are all things that we can manage using food, believe it or not. And I have a great freebie to go with today's episode. It's the PCOS Proof Kitchen Guide, where you're going to get the specific steps to take in order to prep your kitchen for healthy eating with PCOS. It maps out the steps that you need to take and also includes a great meal plan as a bonus. Just go to daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan to grab a copy. daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan. Before we dive into the specifics of what a kitchen that's set up for success in managing PCOS looks like, let's take a moment and talk about cooking. Being able to prepare meals at home goes hand in hand with setting up a kitchen properly because clearly there's no point in buying all the right foods if you're never going to do anything with them. I'm a firm believer that anyone who's looking to truly transform their health needs to either learn or if you already possess some skills in the kitchen, you want to utilize those skills, but just a little bit more and you want to really perfect a few key skills in the kitchen 
and cooking is certainly one of them in order to make sure that you're preparing your own food and you have that control over what goes into your meals. It's super, super important. Studies do show that people who make their own meals as opposed to buy out are healthier overall and have healthier diets, but more specifically, people who cook dinner six times per week on average take in less sugar, less salt, and less fat, and ultimately less calories compared with people who only cook once a week. The people who cook more also rely less on frozen foods and eat less fast food on the nights that they're not cooking. That's what we know from studies. So clearly the quality of the diet is better when we make our own food at home and we also eat amounts that are closer to the correct portions that we need to be eating. When we eat out, we're much more prone to overeating and we know that people eat about 90% of what's on their plate no matter how big or small the plate is and no matter how much food is actually on that plate. So anytime we eat out and we get served a big portion, supersized portions on really big plates that are sometimes the size of platters, we consume hundreds of calories in excess of what our body really needs. Now, you may be thinking that sounds good and it all makes sense, but I just don't have the time for cooking or I dislike cooking or I'm not that good of a cook. Well, my friend, do not worry. You can still put together your own meals in a perfectly balanced way, even if you have little time to do so or you're not a chef, which you definitely don't need to be in order to be cooking very basic healthy meals. There are many ways that you can become efficient with prepping meals. For example, by taking help from the store or sticking with simple recipes that have few ingredients and only a couple of steps. I have some examples of recipes like that in today's freebie. So go to daphnochazen.com forward slash PCOS plan and you can grab a copy. It's of course free and you can get your hands on this download, which has the step-by-step process to PCOS proofing your kitchen, as well as a wonderful four-day meal plan. And remember, you're not looking for perfection here. If you're able to cut back on eating out by two, three meals a week, meaning you go from eating out five nights a week to only eating out two nights a week, that's a major improvement. And you're likely going to see some weight loss and less symptoms as a result of that. So it's not all or nothing. Find about 30 minutes in your week for simple prep work, such as baking some chicken or roasting some vegetables in batches and you'll be ahead of the game. And definitely, definitely check out the guides for ideas. There are some great PCOS-specific recipes in there. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the three-step PCOS-proof kitchen framework that I'm going to go through step-by-step starting right now. Step number one is the purge. We're going to take any food that's pro-inflammatory out of your house, specifically out of the pantry. So if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you likely already know that one of the underlying causes of PCOS is inflammation. And we're talking about chronic inflammation specifically, which is a state of lingering alertness by the immune system and other, other systems of the body. The purpose of inflammation is to heal the body and to prevent disease, but when we have chronic inflammation, meaning it's lasting too long and the underlying issue is still not being resolved, 
We often see imbalances of hormones and a difficulty losing weight in addition to increased metabolic issues like elevated insulin levels, high cholesterol, and other problems. So a main part of PCOS healing is taking certain foods out of the diet since they contribute to that inflammatory state. And I have a special process for the purge. It's called the three P's purge, where I walk you through the three specific things I want you to look for in your pantry. And I want you to read labels, really evaluate the packages, really evaluate the food that you have on hand and see if it meets this this purge criteria. If it does, it's got to go. The first P is pure sugar. This is referring to high sugar foods. So of course it includes things like cookies, cakes, candy, and sweetened beverages like juices and soda. These are the obvious ones, but it also is important to look at things like granola bars, protein bars, salad dressings, as well as even things like yogurt. These are common sources of hidden sugar. And by the way, Sugar has over 60 different names on the food labels where we are today. So they all mean the same thing. So whether you're seeing cane sugar or beet syrup or maltose or agave nectar, that's all sugar. And these are just code names for the exact same thing. So nutrition-wise, there is no difference between beet syrup and cane sugar or maltose or agave. They're all the same. So when you're looking at a label, if you're looking at the ingredient list, I'm going to say that generally speaking, if sugar is one of the first ingredients, it's important to take a look at the label a bit more closely and figure out how many teaspoons of sugar that food contains. Every four grams of sugar is a teaspoon. So if a granola bar has 18 grams of sugar, that's over four teaspoons in a relatively small bar usually. That's very high. One exception here, though, is fiber. If a bar or any other type of food has more than four grams of fiber, it's likely okay if it contains some sugar. So this is a little bit around the concept of net carbs, if you ever heard of it. It's not exactly the same thing, but I'm drawing a little bit of that concept into here because if something has fiber, it's likely got some health benefits, so I'm okay with it having a little bit of sugar. In the guide, in the PCOS Proof Kitchen Guide that I put together for you, I specify exactly what to look for on the label in much more detail. So again, daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan. Go grab a copy of that because it's all laid out nice and organized for you there. So thinking of fiber, this is one exception. So there are some exceptions, but you can certainly use this as a general guideline and try to stick with minimally processed foods that do not have much sugar. You don't want it in the first three ingredients, and you also don't want something that has more than 10, 12, or 15 grams of sugar per serving. That's typically going to be too much. And speaking of minimally processed foods, let's move on to the next part of the 3P purge, which is processed carbs. This is typically referring to what we call empty calories. They're foods that do not typically provide a nutritional value of any sort, but it does provide a lot of carbs and a lot of calories and may even be providing a lot of the nutrient we all we want less of. So things like salt and fat. 
So we, I want to challenge you to find those processed carbs, those empty calories in your pantry and swap them out with healthier versions that may provide the same amount of calories, but provide some value. So this isn't necessarily about cutting calories. That's not what we're talking about here. It's about shifting to a higher quality diet that provides actual redeemable nutritional qualities, okay? Let me give you an example. This is one that you've likely heard about before, but I want you to hear it again. When you think about something like rice, so a cup of cooked rice is something that I'd consider empty calories. I get about 200 calories in a cup of cooked rice. It's a very refined carbohydrate. They've processed the rice in a way where nothing is left of the bran, of the outer shell of the rice grain. So it's not a whole grain. It's just a rice that's been stripped of most of the nutrition. And I'm left with just the carbs, just the starchy part. So there's really no protein, no fiber, just about straight up carbohydrates and about 200 calories. So here's an example of a food, rice, that's going to spike my blood sugar way high. So if I have PCOS and I'm already somewhat insulin resistant and I carry a lot of my weight in the midsection, which means my cortisol levels are likely high and I'm having a lot of fat deposition in the stomach area, if I eat lots of processed carbs like rice, for example, it's going to make things worse for me because I'm going to get more spikes in blood sugar, more insulin being dumped into the system, and it's going to be much harder for me to lose the weight and to manage my PCOS symptoms because when my blood sugar and my insulin are elevated, there's more testosterone being produced, there's more cortisol that's being produced as a stress hormone, and a lot of different things can happen that are going to make my symptoms much worse. So when you go through your pantry and you see something like that, that's a big red flag that that food is a processed carbohydrate that I want to swap out. And what's one easy thing that I can swap this out with? Brown rice. Brown rice, on the other hand, is slightly richer in fiber, even though it contains the exact same amount of calories. So I'm not going to see any weight loss based on this swap necessarily, but I'm improving the quality of my diet and maybe managing my blood sugar a bit better since I'm now getting about four grams of fiber in a cup compared to zero. If I wanted to take this a step further and not just do the white to brown rice swap and go with a whole other grain that's gonna be a lot more rich in fiber, maybe have some protein as well, I can go with something like quinoa or even bulgur wheat. Bulgur wheat is a great alternative to rice, especially to white rice, because it has eight grams of fiber in a cup of cooked bulgur compared to just four grams in brown rice and of course, zero grams in white rice. So there are different tiers, there are different levels that you can go here, but I would say definitely start out identifying whether you have breads or crackers or certain types of salty snacks like pretzels that you can swap out for higher fiber, more nutrition, nutritionally dense alternatives. So for example, let's take just another one off the top of my head. If you have pretzels and you wanted to swap them out for a better crunchy salty snack, go for popcorn. That's going to give you a little bit more fiber and volume wise, you're going to be eating more too. So you can, you get to have less processed items and also eat a bigger portion because popcorn tends to be very reduced in calories which is really a side benefit. But what I want you to focus on is making sure that you don't have anything in your house that's processed. 
So make some time to go through your pantry and look for processed carbohydrates, things that are going to have only carbs, maybe some sugar, lots of calories, and really nothing else. No fiber, no protein, no healthy fats. So when you look at the label, it's going to be pretty clear very quickly if that food is a processed carbohydrate or not. And you can also look at the length of the ingredient list. I have more detail about this in the guide, but generally speaking, long ingredient lists are going to be highly processed items. And you want to make sure that you can also identify and recognize those ingredients that are on the list. If there are things that you don't know what they are, you can barely read or pronounce them, that's a big red flag that that food is processed. So pay attention to that as well. And again, if you want this all laid out nicely in an organized way, grab the guide at daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan. The next part of the purge, the last P, is pro-inflammatory oils. Pro-inflammatory oils are something that many people do not realize has a huge impact on health, especially in a condition like PCOS. Pro-inflammatory oils include various vegetable oils, and I know you can't see it, but I'm doing some air quotes right now because there's really no vegetable in those oils. The vegetable oils that we see in the store are made of corn, soybean, or cottonseed oil. These are oils that have a specific type of fat in them called omega-6 fatty acids that are a leading cause of inflammation. These are often confused with omega-3 fats, which are actually good and healthy. So I know it's very confusing, but it's important to avoid these oils in cooking and select healthier options which I'm going to mention in part two. So today we're gonna just cover the purge, the three-part purge, how you do that, how you go through your pantry and eliminate all the stuff that we don't want. Next week in part two, we're gonna talk about what things we wanna bring into our home. So today we're going through the purge, we're gonna get rid of all this stuff. Next week, I'm gonna show you exactly what foods I want you to include in your pantry and in your kitchen in order to eat in a PCOS-proof way. But going back to the pro-inflammatory oils, so we wanna get those out of the kitchen, cottonseed oil, corn oil, soybean oil, vegetable oil. These are all things that shouldn't be in your kitchen because I don't want you to be using them for cooking or in salad dressings or anything like that. The other thing that you wanna be cautious of is trans fats and partially hydrogenated oils in the ingredient list. So on the label, you can see if a food has trans fats very clearly, it's gonna be labeled right under the fat, the total fat category. You're gonna see if something has trans fats. I highly, highly recommend that you eliminate anything with trans fats. And the other thing is partially hydrogenated oils in the ingredient list. So if you have any snack foods, frozen entrees, or baked goods at home, take a look at the label and make sure that there are no trans fats on the nutrition panel, like we said, or partially hydrogenated oils as part of the ingredient list. So just to recap, we want to eliminate all the vegetable oils, which are made from highly inflammatory seeds and things like um, canola, corn, sunflower, soybeans, safflower. These are highly subsidized crops here in the United States, and that's why we see them everywhere and in most supermarket products too. So they're not just on the cooking oil 
category, not just in the aisle where you have oils and vinegars and things like that, they're actually put into products in order to manufacture them. So they're cheap. They're a cheap oil option for food companies to use, but they're highly inflammatory and we want to limit them as much as possible. So I want you to get started with the three P's of the purge, which are pure sugars, processed carbs, and pro-inflammatory oils. And I'm going to suggest that you take the next week to work through the guide. Go to daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan and follow the guide as you're walking through your pantry, walking through your kitchen and looking at the things that you currently have on hand. You want to eliminate the things that don't meet our criteria and create a clean slate for yourself for Next week on Monday, we're going to have part two of the PCOS Proof Kitchen Guide, and that's going to be talking all about what foods I want you to bring into your house and what exactly I recommend that you do with those foods in order to start really setting up a good, solid PCOS Proof Kitchen for yourself in your own home. Imagine walking into the kitchen and feeling like everything around you is great for your body, Everything that you put in your body, everything that you bring into your house is meant to keep you as healthy as possible, help you manage your weight, reduce any symptoms like acne or mood swings or cravings. You're going to feel like a brand new person just by changing what type of foods you're bringing into your house and ultimately into your body. Because remember, what you have in your environment, the way that you have your kitchen set up is going to dictate your food decisions, it's going to dictate your food behaviors, and ultimately it's going to determine what kind of results you get. So optimize your chances to get a great, amazing, transformational result. And this process is super simple. It's all broken down for you, so you can definitely do it. This is something that's highly, highly doable. If you follow the guide and you've already gone through the purge and you feel good about cleaning out stuff from your house, you've looked through all the guidelines and all the instructions there of phase one, which is the three P purge, you can go ahead and move forward. If you have the guide, you already see steps two and three, so you can move ahead on your own and move forward and continue to create that PCOS proof kitchen even before the next episode comes out. So if you're a goal-getter and you're already working on the purge and you're going to be done before next week, go ahead, move on to steps two and three so that you can take action and you're not just waiting around, okay? So there you have it. Go ahead and purge that pantry this week. Put on some music and have fun with it as much as possible. I can't wait to hear from you about how you did. What type of things did you discover in your own kitchen? You can reach me on social media and I would love to connect with you and see how you did. I'm going to see you here next week for part two of our PCOS Proof Kitchen series. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you here again next time. Bye for now.